Hello, podcast legends. We are back for another episode today. First off, give a quick shout out to our sponsors, WBR Motorcycles, On Point Moto, Elite Design Co. and Comet Cycle. Couldn't do what we do without those guys, so massive shout out to them and gratitude as well. Today's episode, we are going to talk about knee braces versus knee pads. So I did a little post on my Instagram the other day, got plenty of comments, shares, um, feedback, DMs, etc. And I've been getting heaps of questions about it lately. So straight off the top of the bat, and I said it in that post I did on Insta, I'm definitely not telling you to not wear knee braces. All I'm going to do here is share my story, my own personal story as to what has led me to be able to make the choice and feel confident enough to not wear knee braces. Because I can assure you, I'm not just throwing caution to the wind and saying, ah, screw it, I'm not going to wear them. Like, there's been quite a process and a journey that I've followed to get to a point that I'm like, okay, I really feel confident enough in my knee's abilities now that I don't actually need to wear the knee braces. So I'm going to give it a go and try the knee pads. So that's all I'm going to do today on this podcast is just share that story with you and I hope that you can take something away from that, that you can apply in your own journey and then maybe maybe give it a go. Like I say, you don't have to not wear them. I'm definitely not saying that. So I guess I'll share my whole story. Like I'm a complete, I'm an open book. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't bullshit about anything. So this is like, this is just my story. I had never had a knee injury and until two years ago so I actually when I started racing I never wore knee braces until I turned about like towards actually towards the end of my racing career like I was I, I stopped racing when I was sort of a little bit over 30 but up until I was like 20 pretty sure 27 28 was when I first got my knee braces before that I just wore skateboard knee pads and it was probably through more good luck than good management that I, I never actually had a knee injury. And then I could afford to get a set of knee braces, so I got them because, of course, everyone tells us that we need to wear them because they protect our knees. Um, and again, I, I, I never had any knee injuries whilst I was wearing the knee braces back then while I was racing. So back then, I never did any strength training. I, I I did very little off-bike training. I relied on volume. I did bulk hours on the bike. And it was only towards like the last few years I raced Hatter, I actually did some strength training. But knowing what I know now about strength training, it wasn't really that good. But it's that old saying, anything is better than nothing. And I'd been doing nothing up until that point. So it, di- it definitely made a difference for sure. It wasn't the type of strength training that was actually bulletproof in my knees though. So three years ago now, I had Rhino, Ryan Hughes, who he's probably the most, would you say, vocal uh, person about this whole knee brace thing. 
Um, and just on that point, like, all Rhino's doing is sharing his opinion. People like, I see people slamming him on social media saying, oh, he's telling people to take their, their safety gear off. It's just an opinion and he's he's just brave enough to share his opinion and be vocal about it. So you can take it with a grain of salt. You don't have to do what he says. Um, and that's kind of why I mentioned that at the start. I'm definitely not telling you to take your knee braces off. Um, but potentially, if, if you put the process in place to move you towards feeling confident in your knees, then it might be something that you, that you want to try. So, back to that story. Rhino came over to Australia. I actually organized for him to come over to Australia, and we, we did a training camp here in Victoria down at Wonthaggy. So, up until that point, I, I didn't know what good riding technique was. I thought I had good riding technique, but I'd only, I rode like how I figured out to ride. Um, since I was nine years old when I started racing. There was no coaching when I was a kid. There was no YouTube. Um, even back when I was racing, like, over 10 years ago, we, we didn't even have an iPhone. Like, iPhones weren't even a, a mainstream thing then. Like, so it's not like when we went riding, we were, like, getting the Insta shots and, and getting videos and selfies of ourselves riding to actually even see what we looked like. Like, it was a big deal to even go out and buy a video camera then to video yourself riding. Like, that's just what it was like a little over 10 years ago. So, my point is, I didn't know what good riding technique was. And that camp I did with Rhino was the first introduction I actually had to what good riding technique was. And to also have someone watch me and say, look, dude, you're not actually doing this properly. So... The reason I mention this is because this is a really important part of the story and a, a really important part that has led to me being confident enough to, to not wear knee braces now. Because on that, that week I spent with Rhino, he actually gave me the nickname of the bulldozer because he, he when I was riding along, my feet were that far out, pointing out to the sides and my toes were that far below the foot pegs that he reckons I was, I was out there to, to prep the track and I was bulldozing the track. So that, that's how bad my duck feet were on the pegs, and, and that was only three years ago. So since that time, I have worked really, really hard on improving my riding technique. Now, the first time I tweaked my knee was about a year after that. It was two years ago. So I actually wasn't wearing knee braces the first time I tweaked my knee, and it wasn't a a thing that I wasn't wearing them because Rhino said so. It was, I actually went out for a quick ride with a couple of mates and I just, we were only going out to just have a little play ride, like just to, to muck around on a rut track. I threw my, had all my gear there. Um, I'm like, I'll put this, this, this in. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't need to wear my knee braces. We're only going out for like a, a 15 minute ride to have some fun, I'll be fine. Anyway, I was standing up out of a long, left-hand rut, like a third gear rut, that just the rut, as you straightened up and got on the pegs, the rut kept going. And I lost my balance and started to, to the front wheel started to catch like I was gonna fall low side the bike. And I dabbed my foot, I put my foot down. I was in third gear, so I would've been going reasonably quick, like 40, 50 K an hour maybe. And all I did was dab my foot, put it on the ground to prop myself up. I didn't crash. My 
fuck, that hurt. Went back to the car, um, and it got worse from there. Like, got home, couldn't bend my knee next morning, couldn't bend it at all. It was The thing was like a balloon. So that was my first knee injury, and it was a meniscus and potential ACL tear. Now, when I say potential, the ACL wasn't snapped. I went to a physio, had the... They do the ACL test to try and pull your, um, manipulate your knee, and it wasn't snapped. Uh, but they said it was potentially torn. I didn't go and get an MRI because I was already like I already knew um, enough about rehabbing knees, and I'd I'd already been following the knees over toes guy. He's actually one of my mentors and he's part of Real Movement who I've done my coaching accreditation with and you continue to be men- mentored by. So I knew enough that I didn't, like surgery wasn't an option for me. Even if I snapped my ACL, I would try and rehab it without surgery. That's just me being probably being stubborn and thinking I know best and I can fix it. I would at least try anyway. I would at least try and rehab it without surgery. Um, surgery is for me personally is like last option. Obviously I'm not racing. I'm 40 years old now. I'm not trying to make a living out of racing. I ride for fun. So that's why I didn't get an MRI. So that was the beginning of three more successive knee injuries. My knee was compromised then. So it was weak obviously from the injury and I was trying to rehab it without surgery. So I made the mistake of riding again. When I say mistake, it was a choice. Uh, I'd already paid to do a riding school with Coach Rob. He came over to Australia. I'd paid to booked in in to do a two-day riding camp with him and I tweaked my knee about four weeks before it. So I'd already paid my money. I'm like, by that time, like four weeks, I obviously didn't ride my bike in that time, but the swelling had actually gone down from my knee. It was still really sore. I couldn't bend, I couldn't get full flexion by any means, but it was like, it, it was okay. So I thought, why not? I paid my money, screw it. I'll at least go out and give it a go. First day at the camp, all went well. Spent all day riding, not a problem at all. Second day, went out for the warm-up. Third lap, it was at Mount Kembla. I OJ'd a downhill, one of the big step, like step-downs downhill. And I just OJ'd it like a little bit, just a tiny bit further than I'd been jumping before. I had my knee braces on. I had um, pods with the biggest stoppers in them that you can possibly put in them so they wouldn't go near uh, hyperextending. And when I landed, I hyperextended my knee and blew it out again. And it was like 10,000 times more painful than the first time I did it. So I rolled off the track, like literally crying. It was that painful. Like like I couldn't, I felt like I was going to throw up on the side of the track. I had tears in my eyes. I waited on the side of the track for 15 minutes to gather myself and then rolled my bike back over into the pits got off my bike, um, and that was knee injury number two. So that was with knee braces, and then two times after that, um, again in that rehabbing process, I injured it again. Again, because it was compromised. One was just a stupid accident when I was 
not even on a bike. I was walking up a muddy creek bank and I slipped over. Again, hyperextended it because it was, it, again, it was compromised. It was already weak. That was only like a couple of months after that. And then I, I injured it again about, I don't know, six to nine months after that, wearing the knee brace again when the same thing, I hyperextended it again, wearing the knee brace. So the reason I share all that is because I am 100% grateful for each and every one of those injuries and those situations, the challenges that I, I've been presented with from those injuries because what I know now about rehabbing knees and strengthening knees, I didn't know two years ago. So those, each one of those injuries has led me on a journey to find out more about how to strengthen knees properly. So when I did, when I had that first knee injury, I was already really strong. Like when I say really strong, like I'm not going to go and win a powerlifting or a CrossFit contest by any means, but what I mean by that is I could front squat my body weight for five reps easily. I could deadlift twice my body weight, no problem at all. Uh, so I had a good strength base, but most of my strength training was hip dominant. So I had never squatted past 90. I never did any strength work for the, from the knees down, any calf strength, any tibialis work. It was just all hip dominant. Uh, hip extension movements and and squatting to 90. And like I say, I was strong. I could produce like a pretty decent amount of force, but my knees weren't bulletproof. My knees weren't super strong. So from day dot, from that first injury, that's led me on a journey. Initially, that was with Knees Over Toes guy, who some of you guys might be familiar with. He's very, again, he's very vocal on social media, on Instagram about his methods to, to bulletproof in the knees. So, and like I say, he, he is part of real movement and, uh, and part of the, um, group of coaches who I am mentored by. So I learned a ton off him and a lot of what's in his programming is in our race ready programming now. However, his programming is template programming. It's not personalized. So that being said, I can assure you that his programming is going to cover more bases than your average personalized program will in terms of exercise selection and structural balance and and hitting ticking all the boxes from the ground up so that again that being said i was still felt like i was there was a few things pieces that were missing that i wasn't getting out of his program so last year the business for us really took off up until last year like we were struggling to keep our heads afloat like i'm talking living week to week i couldn't afford to go racing i couldn't afford to have a fully personalized training program written for me um because anyone that's listening to this will know when you're building up a business like any money you do make goes straight back into the business again so last year the business actually got to a point for us where we were actually making some money and actually starting to save some money and pay off some debts. So when that happened for me, 
the first thing I spent some of that money on was getting a personalized program written for myself. Now, some people will say, some people say like, why the hell do you need a coach? You are a coach, like you should be able to write your own program. So three reasons. One is it's just one less thing I've got to think about in my week. If someone's writing my program for me, all I've got to do is open up the app and do it. Two is it keeps me accountable. And even though I'm hyper-motivated with my training and I'm, I'm really good at training every day, it still brings another level of intent to your training when you know that someone else is writing your program for you and you've got to show them your results. So accountability was the second one. And three is I am not naive enough to think that I know everything. That is for sure. And that is what I love about strength and conditioning so much is the end, I should say not the end, but the, the methods and the, the exercise selection and the programming is limitless. So I, like, I see myself as a white belt for life. So I've only been doing this for six years and there's no way in the world that I know everything about everything. So the reason why I, I pay a coach to program for me is because I'm going to learn stuff off them. So when I got my personalized program written for me last year after that last, um, the last time that I, that I did hurt my knee again, then what I've learned from Chris, Chris Cameron, you can follow him on Instagram too. He's not as vocal as, as the knees over toes guy on, on Instagram, but he just, I guess, filled in the gaps of what I was missing in from knees over toes guy stuff and, and personalized that journey for me so I could um, tick those other boxes and, and actually address those little areas that I was missing. So again, to look back and, and in hindsight, I can say now that if those injuries hadn't have happened to me, then one me from a on a personal level I wouldn't be where I am right now I wouldn't know what I know now two my business wouldn't be where it is now because you guys know who our clients are you guys know who I train so I wouldn't have been able to achieve the goals that we've achieved with my clients if I hadn't have had those injuries and learnt what I've learnt about how to strengthen and bulletproof the knees because the way I program strength training now is completely different to how I programmed it two years ago. So we definitely haven't thrown the baby out with the bathwater and, and completely disowned what we were doing two years ago. That's definitely not the case, but we filled in the gaps and we programmed things differently to cover the bases that need to be covered to bulletproof the knees. So Again, that's an important part of this story because me gaining confidence in my knee's abilities has given me the confidence to say, you know what, my knees are stronger than they've ever been. I can do things with my knees now that I've never been able to do before. I'm quite confident that my knees are strong enough to withstand whatever's going to be thrown at me on the dirt bike. So... The, t the two biggest things that I can that I can um, 
teach you guys or two biggest bits of value that I would like you guys to take away from this if you're listening is the two biggest things we can work on to to bulletproof the knees and protect the knees when we're riding. One is off the bike and that comes down to the, our strength training and the way we train our, our knees and, and training in a way and training ranges of motion and, and ranges of strength and creating tension in the knees and up and downstream of the knees, of course, that creates positive adaptations and in, improves our knees' ability to withstand injury. That's a big one. And number two is riding technique. Like I say, I've worked really, really hard to improve my riding technique over the last three years. And in all honesty, it's really only been the last six months that it started to click for me. So it's taken a long time. Like, like I said, I'm 40. So it was, I started riding when I was six. So it's essentially 30 years of subconscious programming of how I ride a dirt bike and where my feet are on the foot pegs and, and what I'm doing that I had to undo and reprogram to be, for it to become subconscious. Whereas now I'm on the balls of my feet. Now I very rarely take my feet off the pegs. I never dab my feet around ruts. And that's really the only time I take my feet off is if it's a deep rut. If it's not a deep rut, I'm leaving my feet on the pegs and they're locked onto those foot pegs and they're on the ball. So my feet aren't dragging down below the foot pegs. My toes are in, they're not out. So there's very little risk that they're going to get pulled off the bike. So those, those, both those things have given me the confidence to give knee pads a go. So... My, like I said, the knee braces I've got now, my pod knee braces I bought when I was 27 or 28. So they're like 12 years old. So they're, they're cooked essentially. They're worn out, all the Velcro's stuffed on them. So I had to make the choice. I'm like, okay, am I going to drop like $1,000 or more on a set of knee braces? Knowing that I've blown my knee out twice wearing them. So they're not 100%... Um, it's not a 100% thing, right? Like, and, and neither is strength training. Like, If your knees are super strong and you've got the strongest knees known to mankind on the face of the planet, you could still have a crash and blow your knee out. Like, I'm not that naive to think that like, strength training is an absolute. But training in a way that improves our knees' ability is going to put us in the best possible place to come out the other side of a crash without an injury. So the thing <clears throat> the thing with knee braces is they're not 100%. Like if, if you could put a knee brace on and say, there's no way known you can hurt your knee while you're wearing this, I would wear them. But that's not the case. So I've experienced that myself twice and people at the highest level in our sport and every level in our sport are still blowing knees out with knee braces on because... The brace is only going to protect you as strong as your knee actually is. If your knee is weak and you put a brace on it, it's still a weak knee. So if like that's the, that's the why I say if you want to wear knee braces, keep wearing them. But what I would say is get in the gym and train strength in a way that's going to prove your knee's abilities. And if you still want to wear a brace on top of that, then by all means do it. Um, I would say if you're not strength training, 
if you're not training movements to actually improve your knees, then wear the freaking knee braces because it's going to be your best. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit of insurance. But don't be fooled into thinking that your knees are protected when you're wearing knee braces because they just freaking aren't. These people, they will sell you knee braces for thousands and thousands of dollars and then say, yeah, buddy, see ya, out the door. They don't educate you, one, that they're not 100% guaranteed to prevent injury, and two, they're not educating you in any way, shape, or form how to actually bulletproof your knees. So that's what I'm all about is... I'm not telling you not to wear knee braces. What I'm telling, what I want to educate our our riders and our sport on is, okay, if we actually choose to ride moto, it's a freaking dangerous sport. We're not just going to sit on the couch every night of the week and then go out and ride moto on the weekend. We need to train off the bike in a way that's going to improve our knees' ability to be prepared for what we face when we go out on the dirt bike. It's that simple. So when I had to make that choice, I was like, okay. Do I drop a thousand bucks or more on knee braces when I know they don't work? Or do I spend 160 on these knee pads and I'll just give them a go? I'll just give them a shot and see how they feel. So that's what I did. I bought the knee pads. I thought, stuff it, what have I got to lose? I know my knees are stronger than they've ever been. I can do things with my knees now that I've never been able to do in my life before. So my knees are better prepared than they've ever been. So why not at least just try it, spend less money? That was my thought process. I thought, I'll give it a go. I'll see how they feel. If they, if they, if I feel, if I don't feel confident, if I feel less protected, then what have I lost? I've lost 160 bucks. I'll go and get another set of knee braces. So I got the knee pads. I wore them. Haven't looked back. Like it's just a no, for me personally, it's a no brainer. Like I feel 2000% 2000% better on the bike. And when I say better, it's just easier to move around on the bike. It's more efficient. You haven't got this thing trying to, like a knee brace, it's actually hard to get full flexion in your knee. Like if you're trying to get in a good attack position up on the tank and keep your feet back on the balls of your feet, like a knee brace is actually trying to keep your knee straighter than let it bend to full flexion. So that's probably one of the biggest things I noticed. Um, And it's probably worth mentioning at the same time that I got these knee pads, I got a new pair of boots. Shout out to Joven Baldwin if he's listening. Um, He gave me a secondhand pair of his Fox um, Instinct boots. I've traditionally worn Tech 8s, Alpine Stars with the big solid sole on them. So I've never worn a pair of boots like that that have got the molded sole and they're, they're obviously a little bit more flexible you've got a bit more feel. So those two things combined, going to the pads and going to those boots, in all honesty, and that, and that was probably, it's been about six to eight weeks now, it's those two things combined that, and I really feel like my technique in terms of my foot placement and my footwork on the pegs is just completely dialed now. Like it's, I, I don't even have to think about it now. And I'm not saying that's the knee pads. I don't think it's the knee pad. It's a little bit the knee pads, like I say, because it's easier to get my to get full flexion in my knees and pull my get in a good attack position up on the tank and, and have my knees bent to be on the balls of their feet. But a big part of that is the boots. I've got 
way better feel in those boots and I can feel where my foot peg where my foot on the is on the foot peg now. So before I kind of thought I was on the ball, but then I'd look at photos or videos of myself and be like, mm, you're not really on your ball. Like you're, you're still back towards the arch a little bit. Whereas now it's just like, boom, dialed straight on there because it, I can feel it better. So obviously there's a trade-off there in protection. Like you're not, I'm, I'm definitely aware that I'm not as protected in those boots. The flip side of that is my riding technique is way better. And again, I'm 40 years old. I'm not trying to win an AORC title. I'm not trying to win Hatter. I just ride them to have fun. Like I still have a go when I'm on the bike. I still try and ride fast. But I feel like now at 40 years of age, like I'm definitely riding within my limits, within my comfort zone. And again, having good technique allows me to ride faster and be safer on the bike and that's where i'm at now so i'm really focused on riding my bike better i'm not so focused on trying to go fast i'm trying to be smooth i'm trying to do it with really good technique and i'm trying not to take my feet off the pegs unless i really freaking have to and for that reason i feel way more confident to say you know what i don't need to worry about those knee braces because my riding technique has gotten a lot better and I'm ticking those boxes off the bike, like I say. My knees are stronger than they've ever been before. I can do things with my knees I've never been able to do with them before. So I know they're as prepared as they can possibly be. Now, again, is it 100% absolute that I'm not going to blow my knee? No, it's not. I could go out there tomorrow and I could still blow my knee. Like, I'm not that silly. I'm not that naive. But I could still, I could put knee braces on. And like I said, I've, I've blown my knee twice in knee braces, so I know that that's a reality too. I could still go out there and blow my knee with the knee brace. So like I say, unfortunately, the knee brace isn't an absolute. So that's the biggest part of my message that I want to get across to people is these band-aids like knee braces and, and protective equipment, they're not absolutes. They're not protecting us. What protects us is how well prepared our body is our body is a product of our environment so the environment we place our body in repeatedly day to day the ranges of motion we place our joints in causes our body to adapt and if we're just sitting on the couch during the week we're going to be weak as shit our joints are going to be as weak as shit even if we're in the gym and we're doing a we're training strength in a way that's not loading the joints to cause positive adaptions, then we're literally wasting our time. Or if our training is just pedaling a freaking bike around for, for hundreds of miles a week, that's not bulletproof in our knees. So that's the biggest part of my message I want to get out there is that we need to be training strength in a way that starts from the ground up, starts from the feet, and it's bulletproof in the knees. So again, I've said it before on other podcasts, this is not an advert for my services. I've got more than enough clients right now to, to pay my bills and to allow us to live a really good life. So I'm, I am part of a network of coaches. So if you don't want to train on my program, but you want to train with someone who potentially lives nearby to you, I'm part of a network of coaches all over the world. So if you send me a DM on Insta and say, hey, this is where I live, do you know of a good coach nearby? 
there's more than likely I'm going to be able to hook you up with someone that lives nearby you that would be able to train you and teach you how to bulletproof your knees and your entire body, of course. So that can literally be done in like, it's we're not talking about massive investments of time. We're talking about like three sessions a week that are like 45 minutes long or even less in some cases. It depends where you're at. We're not talking about a massive investment of our time here. It's, it's, we've got 167 hours in a week, three hours or less of your time to bulletproof your body. To me, that like the ROI and that is worth tons. So again, if that's something that does interest you and you perhaps want to get hooked up with a coach that's nearby to you, send me a DM. Like I say, Instagram's the best place to get a hold of me. If you want to send me a DM on there, I normally get back to them within a day. Um, Otherwise, that's it, really. What was I? Oh, that's right. I'm going to do, I've had a few people, I'm racing Hatter this year, which is cool. Get back out there. Um, I've had a few people DM me on Insta with podcast ideas, actually, or or topics for Hatter um, in terms of their preparation, like what do they need to be doing in training? Um, How should they be? hydrating and fueling themselves and also like the the mental aspect too like how mental preparation for the race itself so if you've got any questions or anything that you would like to add in to sort of like a hatter specific episode shoot them through again dm on insta is probably the best place to do it because over the next couple of weeks i'm going to put a podcast episode together that um goes in a bit more in depth into uh the hatter race itself so other than that hope you're all doing well hope you all have a great weekend get to get out on the bike and shred some trail and we will see you all on the next podcast bye bye